Welcome to Live on Purpose Radio with Dr. Paul Jenkins, where you will hear inspiring stories of ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Feed your mind with a regular dose of positive energy and show up for your life every day on purpose. Living on purpose means that you have a purpose and you do it intentionally. And now, here's your host, Dr. Paul. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink to expand your life. My guest today is Bree Lastly. Say hello, Bree. Hello. So glad you're here today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. You were introduced to me through a recent guest on the show and a personal friend of mine, Robert Farrell. Yes. You know him. <laughs> yes, he's wonderful. And he let me know that there is a story here that is so empowering and so inspiring. I don't know if you've seen it that way at yeah. this point, but <laughs> that our listeners just have to hear it. So folks, you may have never heard of Brie Lasley. After today, that won't be true anymore. <laughs> Brie, I invited you here to share your story and some of the key principles that you've learned as as you've gone through what you've gone through. I'm just going to back off and let you talk for a <laughs> minute, okay? Can you just tell us a little bit more about where you're coming from? What's, what's your story? Definitely. Mm. So on September 23rd, my sister Kaylee and I moved into a new house in Salt Lake City. We've been living together for three years in different houses, and we finally found one that had a dishwasher, a washing machine, and we're super excited about it because everywhere mm-hmm. else we've lived hasn't had those things. Oh, nice. So we're excited about it. We're getting ready. We went to Ikea. We were hanging pictures and decorating. So it had been seven days, and we were finally just comfortable in our new home. Wow. Yeah, and she had just left. Her date had just left our house, and it was around 11.45, and I was in my room working on my computer when I heard my sister um, in the bathroom washing her face. So I went in the bathroom and brushed my teeth and we had our little sister talk about her date and if she yeah, liked it, had fun, you know, the girl chat. Sure. Yeah, and then um, we said, good night, love you. And she went down to the basement into her room and I just went back into my bedroom. When I went back into my bedroom, I had shut my light off and I was just sitting on my bed. And 10 minutes before that, I opened my window to my mm-hmm. room and it was open about an inch just for a little breeze. And I set an alarm on my phone to make sure that I shut my window before I fell asleep. Right. So as I'm working, I heard a voice say, hey. And I I was Mm. listening to Spotify, so I wasn't really sure if it was a radio talking or if I was hearing things. So I shut my radio off and I listened and I didn't hear anything. So I just said to myself, don't don't scare yourself, it's okay, no big deal. So I turned my music back on and I continued working. Mm -hmm. And about three minutes later, that's when I heard the same voice say, hey girl, I'm coming in. And I turned my head to the right and there was a man coming into my window. And my window was 10 feet off the ground. We had an eight foot fence around our house and the fence is shut on both sides. I wasn't sure how he got in. And I thought at first, This is my sister's date trying to play some sick, scary joke on us. Right. And I, I, my first initial thought was he's going to rape me. I need to get off my bed. And then, and then I had the thought of, oh, maybe it's my sister's date. And then as I got closer, I knew that it wasn't him. And I knew that it was someone with really bad intentions because he didn't come in 
This isn't someone you knew. It was complete stranger, complete stranger, and it was dark. I could I could never see his facial features, but I saw a silhouette, and I was trying to. I was just racking my brain on the neighbors that I had met and trying to figure out if I knew him or not, and I knew that I didn't know him. And right. he came in and he started punching me, and I was hitting him, and I just remember I have to fight. And I have to fight fast because I don't want him to know that my little sister Kaylee was down in the basement. Oh, wow. And so we fought in my mm. room and he was punching me and he threw me up against my wall and put his hand over my mouth and told me to stop hitting him, to stop fighting and to cooperate with him. And I told him, no, I'm not going to cooperate with you. You're not getting what you want out of the situation. And then he said, fine. And he covered my mouth and said, then I'm going downstairs to get your little sister. And that's, oh, when I, that's when I thought he must know us because we had only been there for seven days. Or at least he knew about us. Or he knew about us. He was watching us. Something, right? Oh, wow. And so Kaylee was down in her room and she sleeps like a rock. If a fire truck came in our house with the sirens on, it wouldn't wake her up usually. Like, you know, oh. like she's always out. So I figured, mm -hmm. okay, hopefully she'll just sleep and I can get him out by our front door and just get him out of our house. And so I asked him, what do you want? What do you want? And he goes, your car keys. And I said, they're right here. And they were on the counter. By this time we were in the kitchen and the car keys were right there. I said, you can have my keys. You can have my phone. You can have my computer. You can have whatever you want. Just get out. And he didn't take the car keys, and he just kept beating me. Um, wow. At that point, I heard Kaylee run upstairs. And f from the time that he came in my window to the point I was in the kitchen, I did not want her to know he was there. But as mm -hmm. soon as she got there, I felt like I was going to be okay because she came up fighting. And she oh, wow. was fighting so hard. She was jumping on him, throwing punches, kicking, everything. And so it made me think... You gotta fight, Brie. You gotta fight. And yeah. then I remember the story of Elizabeth Smart and her little sister, Mary Catherine. Oh, right. I remember Mary Catherine at one point saying, Scream and fight, scream and fight. And that has been years ago. I was little when that, I'm Elizabeth's age, so I was really young when yeah. that happened. And when I remembered Mary Catherine saying that, I started screaming and fighting even more so than I was before. And then I knew we could not go in the basement. We did not want to get to a second location with this man. And it was almost like he knew the layout of our house because he picked me up and put me over towards the stairs. And mm -hmm. at this point, I'm on my knees hitting him where you're supposed to hit boys. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't doing anything. And so I knew he must be on some kind of a drug because he almost had like Hulk strength. He was wow. so strong and our hits oh. weren't phasing him. Um, Kaylee was behind me standing on the top stair. I was kneeling down holding his shorts and punching him with my right hand. Mm -hmm. And he lifted up his left leg and kicked Kaylee down the stairs. And she didn't hit a stair. There's 17 stairs to our basement. She didn't hit one stair. Her head went through the wall, which we knew was oh, the only wall head. in our house that wasn't made of brick because we were hang trying to hang pictures a couple days oh, before. Oh, right, you just moved in. Yeah, yeah, so that was the only wall that wasn't made of brick in our home. And that's the wall that her head went all the way through. Oh, and it was wow. an inch away from a beam. So, I mean, the fact that Kaylee was, is still alive and not hurt is just a miracle in and of itself. So I'm at the top of the stairs hitting him. He gets frustrated and then pushes me down the stairs. But because I was holding onto his shorts, he came down with me. 
So we're at the bottom of the stairs and somehow, miraculously, we both had our phones in our hands still, even throughout that whole fight. And so I told Kaylee, we need to call 911, call 911. So I called 911. This man is now on top of me. I'm laying on my stomach and he's just beating me and Kaylee's on top of him. So I'm trying to call 911 with my phone. I'm trying to have Siri call 911. Siri's not understanding me. And it just oh, seemed like this wow. huge mess. And so I finally was able to call 911 and I put the phone up on the stairs so it was away from him. And I just started screaming our address. I didn't know what else to say. And I just thought like if I scream our address, then they'll just send help. Right. And he found out that I was calling. He hung up my phone, started beating Kaylee. And then there was one point he was strangling Kaylee up against a wall. And I remember him getting off of me and seeing his hand strangling my little sister. And I somehow tackled him. I'm 5'3", he's 6'2", and weighs almost 200 pounds, and had spent the last 14 years in prison. Oh my goodness. He was heavens. released from prison the day that we moved into our home. And so <sighs> he, had, he was very strong, and he was ripped. He, had, he was very muscular. Mm -hmm. And I, I tackled him, and then then we go into the washroom, and he's on top of me, and I knew right then that it was getting dangerous, and we needed immediate help. And I, I was in a position where I couldn't really fight back because he was kneeling on me, and he was so heavy, but my left arm was free. And mm -hmm. I, I had a box of pencils in that room. I, I remember I put them in a box, so I went to grab a pencil to try and protect myself and use right. it as a weapon and when I went to grab a pencil I grabbed something else and you have to remember that our basement was completely dark but I turned my hand to see what it was and I saw a knife oh, and wow. at this point Kaylee was hovering over him and hitting him with a bookshelf that she tore apart and it's interesting because this bookshelf it's like a metal bookshelf that you can buy at Costco. Yeah. And I tried to get it apart when we were moving and I couldn't. So we had to take an entire trip from our old house to our new house just for this bookshelf because we couldn't get it's it apart. It's amazing what you can do when that adrenaline is pumping. Yeah, huh? yeah. And so she, wow. she ripped it apart and she was actually hitting him so hard with it that the metal bent to his back. Um, wow. Yeah. I mean, this is a... It, it's hard to even imagine. Yeah. And as you're telling me this story, I can tell that you've tried to put things together in your own mind mm -hmm. probably ever since. Definitely. But what a harrowing experience. Yeah. And, yeah. It, and it didn't, I mean, you're telling the story and I'm like, when does this when does it end? end? <laughs> How do, you're still here and I'm glad that you are. Thank you. <laughs> me too. And that's so what, what we were thinking too. So the whole time yeah. in the basement, I was like, is this ever going to end? Where are the police? Where is, like, why isn't our neighbor coming to help us? We're screaming. There's no it's like way. lasting forever. They couldn't hear, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, like I told you, I went to grab something and I saw his knife. And that's when I said, Kaylee, he has a knife. And I couldn't scream at this point. I don't know what happened to me, but I couldn't scream. And I knew that I needed to be calm because I needed Kaylee to leave the basement. Because I did not want my little sister to see me be murdered. And I knew that that was oh, his intention. Oh, Wow. And so I said, Kaylee has a knife. You need to go get help. And I just remember Kaylee saying, no, I'm not leaving you. I'm not leaving you. I said, Kaylee, yeah. you have to leave us. You have to go get help. And that's when she made, I think, one of the most courageous decisions anyone can make. Mm -hmm. And she trusted in herself that she could find help. And she left.
And I remember seeing her legs at the top of the stairs and right when I saw her legs, that's when he started stabbing me. And I could see him stabbing me and I said, Kaylee, he's stabbing me. And Kaylee ran outside our house screaming at the top of her lungs for help. So when mm-hmm. Kaylee's outside, this man had previously broken into an apartment down the street. So he set up at my oh, window. This wasn't his first stop. No. He set up at my window and then he went into the other apartment. And the detectives and police that we've talked to said that he was going to get a high to come back and kill us. Oh, gee. So when Kaylee went outside, she was screaming for help. And a police officer, Officer Ben Hone, was responding to the first phone call and he was in the neighborhood. He's a canine officer and he had his canine Ted in his truck. Mm. He has the radio on, the air on, and the windows up. And he said, usually he can't hear anything, but he heard Kaylee's screams. Well, I'm sure she was bringing the volume. She was. (laughs) She was. Oh, wow. Yeah. So he drove towards Kaylee and Kaylee told him, there's a man in our basement. He's stabbing my sister. She told him it was dark. She told him how many stairs that he had to go down. To, and she was making him hurry. She was get in there, get She's in pushing there. Pushing him right along. Yeah. yeah. And at this point, I'm still in the basement with the attacker. And he stabbed me three times. Once by my aorta, trying to get my aorta. Ooh. By my small intestine, my lower abdomen, and then in my right thigh. He's serious about this. Yeah. And those, oh, wow. we've learned since that those are prison stabs. So those are the stabs that they learn in prison to kill people because those stabs kill people the fastest. Mm-hmm. So after he stabbed me, I remember he stood up and had the knife in his right hand and looked over his left shoulder and said, now I'm going to get your little sister. And he kind of laughed like it was some kind of a joke. And I just remember saying, no, you're not. And I remember jumping up and grabbing him. I don't remember how I got him on the ground, mm-hmm. but I was able to get him on the ground again. And that's when we had this wow, this kind of bizarre conversation. It was like I felt so sorry for him. I wanted to know who he was. I wanted to know his story. And I wanted to know... That is a little bizarre, isn't it? Very, very bizarre. And I wanted to know what he was doing. I didn't know if he was an addict that needed drug money. I didn't know if he was just some 25 year old punk kid. I didn't know him. And so I said, please just talk to me. What do you need? Just talk to me, please. You don't have to do this. And he got this nice voice and he said, I didn't want to hurt you. And then I felt even more sorry for him. And I said, it's okay. Let's just talk about this. Like, just talk to me. What do you need? And he said, I need money. Do you have money? And it was right then, I believe, that I was told by the Holy Ghost to tell him that we had money in my little sister's closet. Um, Mm. She had been to Park City that weekend and bought a few pair of Nike shoes. (laughs) Mm. So she had some Nike boxes in her closet. And I said, my little sister has $1,000 cash and a Nike box in her closet. And so I knew that that would save me some time to get him to go in the closet. Just buy some time. Exactly. So he'd have to go through the boxes and find the cash. And then my plan was to shut her closet door, shut her bedroom door, and run upstairs and find Kaylee. So as we were walking to her closet, he said, no, I'm going to kill you. Um, With some added vocabulary. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you for sanitizing. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. We're just heading into a break, (sighs) Bree. We could probably use a break. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Hard to believe that this kind of a thing would happen. Definitely. As we come back from the break, 
uh, you're going to wrap this up for us. Great. Because obviously there was a, a good outcome. Yes. <laughs> um, and folks, we're not going to leave you hanging too long. So come back to hear the outcome of this story, and then we're going to tie it into what kinds of principles have allowed you to move forward since then, because I think you have a really powerful message. Thank you. We'll good. be right back, folks. This is Live On Purpose Radio with Bree Lastly. Live On Purpose Radio listeners. The fact that you're listening to this show probably means that you're a fan of personal development. Your personal development library should include copies of both of my books, Pathological Positivity and the pocket-sized companion, Portable Positivity. There's a .com for both titles so you can share these books with others. I also have a special offer just for listeners of the show. Go to drpauljenkins.com forward slash L-O-P-R for Live On Purpose Radio. I'll send you signed copies of both for a special discounted rate. That's drpauljenkins.com forward slash L-O-P-R. Thank you for listening to Live On Purpose Radio. We're so glad to have you here. Please come by the website, drpauljenkins.com, spelled with a D-R, drpauljenkins.com. On the website, you'll have an opportunity to receive a free download. And while you're there, make sure you click on the social media icons. Come over to Facebook, where we will be posting these episodes as well as our YouTube videos and other content and announcements for you to share. Please like us, comment, subscribe, join the conversation. We're happy to have you with us here at Live On Purpose Radio. Let's all support each other to live on purpose. DrPaulJenkins.com Bill Gates said, As we look ahead into the next century, leaders will be those who empower others. And we're back. Bree. Wow. Heavy. You've left us hanging just a little bit, and I know that there's a good positive outcome to this whole thing. Take us there, because we just gotta know what Great. happened. So he said he was going to kill me, and he he got a suitcase, he hit me in the head with a suitcase and knocked me on the ground. He was then he was kneeling on top of me and he raised his knife and tried to stab me six or seven times in the abdomen again. But every time he went to stab me, I was looking at my stomach and then I'd look at him raise his arm and there wasn't a connection. And it wasn't like he was missing side to side. He was directly above my stomach, but the knife wasn't penetrating. And I felt this comfort that I knew, I don't know what's going to happen, Mm -hmm. but I know it's going to be okay. And then he said, why isn't this working? And he said, fine, I'm going to stab you in the head. And that's when he went to stab me in the head. I remember his knuckles gracing the right side of my skull, yeah. and he missed twice. 
and that suitcase he hit me with, I was laying on it, and there's two stab marks in that suitcase. Wow. So at that point, he was getting so angry, he lifted me up, and I just, he, my feet were dangling, I couldn't reach the ground, and I just remember the knife was on my stomach, and he was strangling me with his other hand, and then he was telling me he was going to kill me. And I just remember I have to do one more thing to fight. Just one more thing. Mm -hmm. And so I kicked something and we fell down. And at this point, where he has me in a wrestling hold with a knife up against my throat and his legs over mine. So my back is on his chest. And he, I, could just, I just remember the cold blade up against my throat. And I remember him saying he was going to kill me. And it was right then I saw two shoes coming down our stairs. My first thought was, oh my heck, this is his friend. They killed Kaylee. I couldn't hear Kaylee screaming. And then I heard Salt Lake City Police Department drop the knife. Ben Hone, that Kaylee wow. found in the street, came in our house. And from 14 seconds, that he, he started in our house, it was 14 seconds later, he took a shot taking the attacker's life and saving mine. And the shot that he took is completely wow. miraculous. He... It was an inch and a half away from my face. Our faces were touching. He hit him right in the nose, which shut down his central nervous system, so he couldn't do his last reflex of stabbing me for the last time. Wow. And that's when I heard the knife drop, and Ben Hone, our little our angel, said, run upstairs. I ran upstairs. I was looking to the left. I couldn't see Kaylee. And then I turned my head, and I saw Kaylee. And that wow. moment was the happiest moment of my life that I knew that we were totally watched over. Because you both made it through this ordeal. Yes. It sounds like some kind of divine intervention. I think, as I was talking to you before our, our interview here today, Bree, I think you believe that that's what it was. A hundred percent. I spend a significant time every year training police officers. And as you describe Officer Hone and... Uh, I just love these guys. Me too. That they're willing to put themselves in harm's way yeah. to do what needs to be done. And you want to know what, Dr. Paul, the thing that, a bit, one of the biggest lessons I learned from that night was I was in the midst of pure evil and pure goodness. I had, Isn't that interesting? It's very interesting. Wow. I had this man, a complete two strangers, one who was violently trying to kill me, that was his only purpose, and the other, Officer Hone, whose only purpose as a complete stranger was to risk his life in going down to our dark basement, not knowing if there was two attackers, not knowing if the attacker had a gun. And he went down there alone and saved my life. And it was, yeah. it was just, it, it's a lesson that will change my life forever to always be, always be the good. Wow. I'm sure, uh, all of our listeners are processing this in their own way. You've learned so much from this experience. And thank you for, for sharing. What, what a difficult, amazing experience you've had. Mm -hmm. And is it okay to mix those two words in the same description? Yeah, I, I often say this is the worst and best thing that has ever happened to me. Isn't that interesting? Mm -hmm. You mentioned Elizabeth Smart, and Elizabeth is a friend of mine and has been on the show. Yeah. Um, what an inspiring story that is. And I'm hearing your story as, as no less inspiring. It's different. Definitely. In its own way, but... 
I think every one of us gets to have some kind of package of experiences in our life. And, and although this was probably the most harrowing, terrifying, excruciating experience you've ever had, it has also changed things for you in some positive ways. Definitely. How is that even possible? You know, that's a good question. There's a biblical story that I'm sure everyone listening knows, Daniel mm. in the lion's den. Mm. And I remember reading about his story before the attack and how, why didn't God just send an angel to take Daniel out of the den? Yeah. And I've learned through this experience and through Daniel's experience that God doesn't only deliver us from our trials, but he can deliver us in our trials. And mm. I think that's an important lesson to learn. And I think that Elizabeth has learned that same lesson. Mm-hmm. But there were plenty of times that God could have taken her out, but instead he delivered her in her trial. In her trials. And in I, your trials. Yeah, and that's what he's doing to me, and that's what he does for all of us. And so I think that what I've learned is that I need to remember that principle. I need to remember that we weren't alone that night, and I'm not alone now. Mm. And I think that like Elizabeth, her story is horrible, but she has been able to help so many people, and that's what I want to do. And you're doing that. We're going to come back to that in a yeah. few minutes because I want to make sure people know how to connect with you. This idea that you've just introduced, I think, is so important because stuff happens. Yeah. And it's not like you signed up for this. Who would no. ever sign up for this? <laughs> yep. Right? Yep. But somehow, through your perspective, Brie, you've come to an understanding that this is perfect for you. Mm-hmm. It sounds weird to people when I say that. It, do you believe that? Do you see that that is true? I do. And I, you know what? If you asked me that a week after it happened, I would probably say that you were crazy. Well, yeah. <laughs> and say, no, it's not. But after time and after therapy and just listening to other experiences and learning from my own experiences mm-hmm. and reflecting on my past, it is perfect for me. And a a big thing that I've learned as well is the power of choices. That man made a choice maybe a long time ago. And unfortunately, he couldn't get out of the consequences of whatever choice he made that led him down a very, very dark road. Stuck. He was trapped. Stuck. And I, I remember when he came through my window thinking, this isn't good. You put that together pretty quick. Yeah, and <laughs> it's not good. And I remember thinking so much about his choices. And then one day, I was in the airport on my way to the Meredith VR show with my sister, and we ran into uh-huh. Lois and Ed Smart. Oh, really? And, yes. <laughs> yeah, and I was almost embarrassed to tell my story to them because, in comparison because to Elizabeth, it's yeah. totally different. And so there I was in the airport sitting up against a wall, scared of my surroundings, just paranoid and terrified and not being, trying to adjust to my new normal. Right. And I, I realized after talking to Lois Smart, she told me, obviously things like this happen that we, mm-hmm. don't, we don't want to happen. Right. But you have to make a choice. Now you have a voice, you have a responsibility. Mm. And it was that little line that changed my life right there in the airport. Wow. Now I have a voice. This was yes, an unfortunate, terrible event. But I feel like I have a responsibility. I don't ever want a girl 
to be in the same position that I was. And if there's a way that I can raise awareness for mm-hmm. girls to keep fighting, then that's what I'm going to do. Right. Which is part of your mission now. Yeah. As you go about spreading a message of, of hope mm-hmm. and courage. Definitely. And take it on. And you know what, Bree? As much as I hate to say this, there will be others in that position. Yeah. You're not the first and you won't be the last. Yep. But somehow you were preserved through this experience for what? Yeah. To and do what? And you're taking that on, aren't you? Yes, I'm trying I'm trying my hardest. I think Good that for you. the first month after it happened, you know, the world tells us that you you can feel bad for yourself. It's okay. And th- to an extent that's true. But mm. you have there has to be a limit because I can sit and I can feel bad for myself and I can be well deserved and I can sit at home and not oh, do yeah. anything and can be completely justified. Sometimes but that's we not feel, helping. We feel like we deserve our misery. Exactly. Does that sound weird? Yeah, exactly. And I had to make a conscious decision and that's what I made in the airport. I'm done with that. I'm done with sitting on the couch and I'm done with letting him take more time than he's already taken from me. Yes. And I had to make the decision, it's time to be positive. He stole a very small percentage of your life. Uh-huh. Fortunately and thankfully, he did not take your life that much. Yes. Because that was his intention. Very much so. And we don't need to spend any time judging him either. No. I appreciate what you said about the, the compassion that you felt toward him. And it's okay to let that go and let him work out with whatever creator he has. Definitely. His own, you know, eternal welfare or yeah. whatever we want to call it. But now back to Bree. Here you are. You're still here. You've got this powerful experience behind you now. And I'm thinking about all of our listeners and whatever it is that they're facing right now. You know, whatever their attacker is. Mm-hmm. And it might not be some convict who's coming in through their window it might be a financial problem it might be a health concern it might be a diagnosis whatever it is right Mm -hmm. same principles apply how you can you can rise up from these experiences and somehow create something good yeah from what's still there Mm -hmm. that's so inspiring to me yeah and that's my plan Mm. That is my plan because I realize I want to help as many people as I can, but I know my story mm-hmm. isn't a story that happens often. And so how can I help right. my story? And that's exactly what I want to do. I want to help their other their fights. But the intensity of your story helps to illustrate the principles very clearly. Definitely. Because if you can apply these with what happened to you and, and take a positive approach to life without falling into, I call it the victim trap, Mm -hmm. which this man who attacked you that night probably was in that victim trap. Yeah, it's it's sad. It's unfortunate for him. We don't have to go there. Yeah. Even if something like this has happened. And that's a powerful message. Thank you for bringing that to Live On Purpose Radio. (laughs) Thank you. I think that your purpose (sighs) is so great, and I'm just excited to share it. Well, I can tell that we're aligned in our purposes because I feel that positive energy from you. Um, and, and can I just also, maybe on behalf of all our listeners, I'm so sorry that this happened. No one deserves 
to have that kind of an experience, to have, to be attacked. And thank you for handling it the way that you're handling it. And you're not done with that journey, I know. Mm -hmm. You've got some things that you want our, our listeners to be aware of in terms of resources. Can you tell us a little bit how they can how they can find you or follow you or what it is that you're offering now Definitely. as a result of your experiences. Definitely. So I'm in the process of starting a nonprofit organization called Fight Like Girls. Um, our fight? Inst- fight Like Girls. Like Girls. <laughs> you just got to fight. Beautiful. <laughs> um, our like Instagram. Two girls fought that night. That's right. And right. The statistics show that in, that in that situation, 80% of women don't fight. They clam up, they get scared. And they don't fight. Right. And I do not want that to happen. Whether it's an attacker, whether it's anxiety. I think the reason you're here today is because you and your sister fought. That's the only reason like we're here. Like girls. Yep. So you got to fight like girls. Oh. So our Instagram is at fight.like.girls. And we have a Facebook page, Fight Like Girls, with a website coming up, which will also be fightlikegirls.org. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So yeah. once again, Instagram, fight. At fight.like.girls. Did Correct. I get it? Yep, you got it. And then the Facebook <laughs> is Fight Like Girls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Facebook. Awesome. Yeah. So, folks, go connect with Please Marie. Please do. <laughs> Support her. She's doing some good things here to change the way we handle experiences like this. Hopefully, we can reduce the number of times this comes up for people. Definitely. I mean, awareness and prevention, I'm all over that. And when it does happen, we're not going to get stuck in that victim trap. Take it on, whatever your experience is, and and build on that. That empowers not only yourself, but everybody that you come in contact with. Yeah, it's a daily decision. Every morning I look in the mirror and I say, fight. Keep fighting. Ah, Thank you for bringing the fight. (laughs) Bring lastly at Live On Purpose Radio. Thank you so much for being with us. Everybody, it's time to go out there and live on purpose.